Hi, this is Dr. G. Welcome to the Body Detective Podcast. I am a doctor of physical therapy, and I have treated thousands of patients over the last 20 years at Centripetal Force Studio in Long Beach, California. And the journey has been quite an amazing one where I you know, started off as a traditional physical therapist, treating shoulder pain, back pain, knee pain, and it really led into an entire journey of understanding what people had gone through in their lives and impactful moments that had changed their physiology and manifested into physical symptoms. And I want to take you on that journey with me. It's wild. And uh, there's so many, so many different things to tell you. I have so many stories to share. And my background as a PT and how this entire journey began, how I started, how I ended up where I'm at 20 years later. So I thought, you know, I need to tell these stories and these patterns of how they lead to different emotions and diagnoses and pain really in people's lives. And so uh, the body detective is what my clients have called me over the last maybe about 10 years. I had a 16-year-old client one time in my uh, studio and I asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up. And she said she wanted to be a first lady. And I thought, well, isn't that cool? And she said, well, what would you want to be uh, if you weren't a physical therapist? And I said, a detective. I love detective work. And she said, you are a detective. You're like the body detective. And it made me laugh. And I really thought about it um, for a long time and realized that that is what I do. Um, Each person that, you know, came through the door, I would just listen to their life story and uh, different experiences that they had. And of course, the negative experiences are the ones that stand out. And it was like a certain timeline. And then I would look at when things popped up in their body, at what age, Um, sometimes uh, different symptoms exacerbated, like right after uh, a divorce happened, or um, a child lost a parent, something along that. But sometimes it, it came up five or 10 years later, with other things in between that were attracted to that original pain. And things just kept piling and piling. And then you know, a big autoimmune disease came or a big cancer, um, unfortunately, came into their lives. And so I just kept observing and kept watching and um, realized that there was an emotional map of the body that I wanted to learn. And so I looked into Louise Hay and uh, she wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life. And it's all about the mental thought patterns that form our experiences. So I created an emotional pain chart in 2009. It's on our website on c4studio.com. And basically just started looking at how 
pain landed in the hips and it meant that people needed to move forward in their life or pain in their shoulder and they were carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders or um, knee pain. And it had to do with, you know, that inability to bend and they just won't give in. And I looked at the person in front of me and, you know, their personality and it just started to match up and I bought it and I just started asking more and more questions and it went from emotional pain patterns that started off as like musculoskeletal symptoms and then from there it went into um you know deeper rooted issues which would be like mm, maybe a migraine then maybe like autoimmune stuff so it was kind of going deeper into the organs and then i had people coming into the office with addiction issues and and cancer uh, i have worked with a lot of patients who have had cancer and I realized that the musculoskeletal pain that people were experiencing was kind of like this superficial kind of warning sign and a signal like your body's in trouble, like red blinking lights, like caution ahead. And you needed to do something about it. And that was this signal that something deeper is going on inside of the body. So chronic back pain. You know, it's something it's that we need to take care of. And of course, it could be where your hamstrings could be tight and your core muscles are weak and, you know, not engaged and you need to strengthen those areas of the pelvis up. But also, where could it be um, that you have like lack of support in your life and the lower back has to do with financial and money Um issues or problems and because um, that deals with the second energy center and finances and money which is a part of survival right we need that to survive so it's in that particular area and so anybody that I had as a patient who worked in finance or they were in charge of the finances at home and they were stressed about it, I would just ask a question about it. It wasn't like that was my sole purpose for why they had back pain. I took the physical body into consideration. But I also looked at this energetic body, which is the emotions, right? Energy is emotions in motion within the body. And the intersection between the body and the emotions is energy. So I just really started to lay out uh, the physical body and the energy body. And the physical body is visible. We can see it. What's in front of our eyes, we see. I see your shoulders. I see your, your hips. I see your knees. I see your feet. It contains bones, muscles, and organs, and fascia. It's a lot slower to heal. Okay, so a broken bone, typically four to six weeks, something like that. And the way we balance our physical body is by yoga, doing yoga, Pilates, gyrotonic, 
Tai Chi conscious movement of some kind. But the energy body was something that I really learned from uh, my interest in spirituality and, you know, thinking more expansive thoughts and where this came from in the universe and how big our energies can be in our dreams and what this all meant. And I was just curious about it. So I started to learn more about what the energy body was, but also what it felt like. So that only came with experience of really like touching people's bodies and sensing their bodies and what they had gone through and where I'd feel different areas of the body have more heat or more energy, um, which is kind of like a buzzing feeling. And why did it feel um, kind of compacted in one area of the body, but not in the other? So I just began to ask myself those questions. And the energy body is invisible, right? I can't see it. I can only feel it. We can't see our energy body. Some people can. That's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. But the energy body is something we cannot see. It contains feelings and thoughts. Like, I can't see your thoughts. I can't see your feelings. I mean, I could if I was really paying attention. But and some people can. Those are our highly sensitive people. And that, again, is a whole other episode. But it typically heals faster. The energy body is more at like lightning speed when we can understand how the energy centers work and how we move energy in the body, which is like a stuck emotion. For example, grief. Grief is a broken heart and it gets stuck in our chest and we may not be able to move it. So it causes us to feel sad and heavy in the chest and um, it weighs us down. It's like a heavy weight in the heart, on the chest. It can cause uh, feelings of anxiety, uh, pressure, numbness and tingling in the arm. And we just feel overwhelmed. But when we focus on it and understand what it is and connect it with conscious thought to what we're grieving about, we can move it. And moving it as far as energetically moving it uh, by moving the body. And we move it through and we integrate it and feel so much lighter and feel better. And the way we balance the energy body is um, healing energy modalities such as Reiki, pranic healing, craniosacral therapy, and Qigong. Personally, I use craniosacral therapy and pranic healing. For a decade, I treated patients with puzzling chronic pain who had exhausted conventional treatment and pain management procedures, including injections and surgeries. Most of those clients um, called me and the first interaction that we had, our phone call 
went something like this. You know, so-and-so, my friend, someone in their family gave me your number. I'm not exactly sure why I'm calling you. Um, They believe in what you're doing. I don't really know what it is. Like, can you tell me about it? And so I let them know that I look at a timeline of your life and how it's showing up in your body. And so we can bring it to consciousness so that you can heal those parts that are stuck and move on in your life. This sometimes like barely makes sense to people. They just don't uh, believe it yet. They don't buy in. I think sometimes it's subconscious fear and they may know what's there, but they just don't really want to open the door. It's scary. Um, They know they should, but they may not want to. Uh, Sometimes they come in, sometimes they don't. But I remember a woman that called me one time and I can hear her voice shaking. I can hear a lot in the voice. And, you know, like there's like a, a tremor and an exhaustion in her voice. And the vagus nerve, which is our fight or flight nerve, it's cranial nerve 10 in the brain. It's responsible for the fight, flight, freeze. So I've learned now how, you know, any kind of traumatic experience can have a direct effect on the vocals. So I do listen to people's voices. And is it is it free-flowing? Do they have intonation? Is it going up and down? Is it melodic? Is it flat? Like, what does it sound like? That's part of the investigation process, um, is right from the beginning of the phone conversation. So I hear her, and she just sounds at her wit's end. And she's been going to the doctor's offices, she's been on all kinds of medications, and she is in so much pain. And her partner does not understand the amount of pain that she's in. Sounds like she's significantly overweight. And the doctors just keep telling her that she's, you know, needs to lose weight. And she's frustrated. And what I begin to tell her is that if she's had any kind of traumatic experience in her life, any kind of body violation, that she doesn't have the energy capacity to um, go to the gym and to organize her her meals, go shopping, buy the healthy foods, prepare the foods, and then eat them and then go exercise. Like when you have had any kind of traumatic experience, you are barely hanging on. And that's usually when that new potential client like is so sad that they haven't found this before that this is something that they really need. Why isn't it offered in my in my doctor's office? Why haven't I found you before? You know, and, and all of these different things, which I've heard this thousands of times. And so it led me into doctor's offices, to CEOs of healthcare companies, and trying to tell them these stories that were missing 
something in healthcare that medication and traditional counseling of the mind is not the only thing here. That trauma is in the body. And we know the body keeps score. The body remembers. And when any kind of traumatic experience happens and you have a stimulus that hits your body again, and it could just be like you're running late to go somewhere that you really need to to get to that place. It hits you so hard and you feel like... um, You, don't, you may not realize that that experience is hitting you as if that old previous trauma is there. It's, it's hitting you again every single time. And we don't realize that we're like, we have a glitch in the system. There's something stuck under the hood. That's when... I realized that there's so much more going on here and as research has come out and we're learning about epigenetics and how trauma carries across the generational lines that these younger generations are carrying it. Which I think is why our mental health crisis is on the rise. Addiction is on the rise overdose is on the rise. We have to heal trauma in the body. But first we have to get people's stories. And you know, how can you tell your story if you're afraid or if you've never had any safe space to tell it? And I asked people along the over the years, um, you know, when they told me their deepest, darkest trauma, secret, and we were in the perfect place to be able to say this. And I'm just like, why did you, why did you tell me? And they said, I felt like you cared. And I do, I do care. And When I get to that moment in someone's body, I see the release, I see the relief. It's usually painful, but I'm like, ah, that's it, that's it. And it's been a journey for me as a practitioner, as the healer, as the physical therapist to to like push the lines and take people this far. And when they're in my office, and they are suicidal. You know, we're talking about seeing the, the world black and white. And it's just very... Um, it's seeing the world, like, on one side and seeing it on the other. And there's hardly any gray in between. And that's the light that I have to to turn on for them, but it's really scary to sit somewhere with someone in that place. Uh, During the pandemic, I saw a lot of young adolescent boys and 
one boy that I had to talk about suicide ideation with him. He had had a therapist, so I was just working on it from the body perspective. But I had never talked to a young kid about this particular topic. And it was really uncomfortable. And I said, so, um, why do you not want to be in your body anymore? And he kind of just looked at me and looked down, kind of looked up, trying to find an answer. Didn't have one very quickly. But he said, wow, that's like a really hard question to answer. And I said, it's actually a really difficult question to ask too. And my sessions over the years have gone something like that, where I feel like it's really just human to human and together we grow. And I learned how deep and how far to take my steps into someone's space to help them turn on the light so they could see the darkness. And sometimes I have to hold their hand figuratively, sometimes physically, but how to walk them out of that darkness and just kind of light up the path for them so that they can see where they're at. And um, it's taken a lot from me and I realized that I had to develop a practice to for myself and be able to save and conserve my own energy to see um, client after client, which is so different than how I started. How I started was in a very traditional, fast-paced uh, physical therapy clinic. I saw 26 patients a day. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that now. And I had one to two aids, physical therapy aids that were doing modalities such as uh, ultrasound, electrical stim, light therapy, and they would help them do exercises while I did the manual therapy. And it was just so different. Um, It was what I learned in school and uh, it served its purpose and it was great. But again, that was the physical body. And then down the road of 20 years, I learned the energy body, the emotions, the traumas, underneath the hood you know as a healer we use our hands and so I always saw myself like when it was body work time it was like I opened up the hood and I went underneath and I had to search for uh, what was going on what went wrong what happened what does it feel like in this area of the body but what happened there Uh, what was a timeline how old were they and I just kept moving through and then I discovered adverse childhood experiences. And these are 10 questions on a questionnaire that are uh, rooted in um, household dysfunction, childhood neglect, and abuse, such as emotional, sexual, physical. And I realized almost every single person that I worked with had some type of trauma. And not everyone remembered Most didn't, and it made me realize that they had to keep going. They had to survive. They had to get themselves out of that house and go back home 
and live with their family. And they couldn't tell their parents what had happened because it was a family friend or um, they had to get back to work. They couldn't deal with the grief or loss of someone because they had to pay their rent. And we just don't have time to deal with trauma. And we try, uh, you know, people have seen therapists and they may have been prescribed medication and they take it. And a lot of my uh, clients and, and patients, they were on it for such a long time. And after we would do certain work and they would process the grief through their body, they would ask me, can I stop taking my medication? I am a physical therapist. I do not prescribe medication and nor can I tell you to stop taking it. That's up to them and decisions that they have to make and obviously talk with their doctor. But as a witness, I saw if you processed the grief and you moved through the stages of transformation, why would you have to keep taking it? You could learn how to find ways um, towards yourself and what makes you happy. Um, medication has its, its purpose. It's there for when people need it. Um, but in certain situations, you may not need it all the time. And that, again, was another complaint that I had new patients coming to me that they wanted to get off the medication. They were so tired of it. It was making them groggy. It was making them forget. It was making them uh, lose hope in life and not be engaged with other people. They were isolating more and more. And when I introduced the energy body to these clients, they really found freedom and they could see their potential in life. They could see where possibly they could be happy. And after 20 years of seeing many, many, many different clients from like ages five years old to I think my oldest patient was like 93 and hearing all different stages of life I have heard multiple 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 stories and how those stories end up in patterns and the patterns are the energy medicine. That is what energy medicine can do. It can help change. If we can bring consciousness to it, it can help us change those patterns to free us from the pain. But if those patterns stay in the body and they continue on and, you know, that energy attracts more energy like it and it piles on, feels like we have a black cloud following us, we just can't get out. We feel like we can't get out. And it leads to a diagnosis. Now it's something physical. Now it's something that the doctor can see on a radiological exam or something they can see in your blood work. 
But that's typically when your uh, energy body is so far away from center. And people have usually lost who they are or they don't know who they are because some particular situation took that away from them and they have to find their way back. I'm really excited to share my body of work with you on the Body Detective podcast. There are so many stories that I have to tell you. Physioenergetic therapy is something that I have developed from this, and it's how trauma can shift our physiology and how we can use energy therapy to heal it. And where we'll find holism in that, people will feel whole, will feel like we can find health down in a deeper part of ourselves and our soul. Trauma leaves imprints in the soul. It literally annihilates it with certain levels of trauma. And we need that repair. And that comes through healing. And healing is what we need in our healthcare system. I'm starting this podcast because I had a pivotal shift in my life in April earlier this year. I lost my 26-year-old nephew. His name is Jonas. He gave me a front row seat to his life that consisted of childhood trauma. I was his auntie G and I listened to him and tried to have meetings and build places and try to have things set up for people like him that needed help in their body. So I, uh, I dedicate every single episode beyond here to my beautiful boy. I love him so much. And I thank him for his life.